Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Hump Day edition of the Donna and oh, Steve Show right. on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. Donna Valentine and Steve Patterson, along with producer Don McLean. Woo! We got, a, uh, we got a jam-packed show, man. It's a fun... Hump Day, we do Hump Day right on the Donna and Steve Show. Yeah. If you only listen once a week, Wednesday might be the day to do it. At 11.30 today, we've got... Our Millennial X games, which we play every Wednesday at 11.30. Uh, so we hope that you play along. It'll be my generation, the Millennials, loosely, and Donna's generation, the Gen Xers. We play against one another, and you can play along. We have the College of Pop Culture Knowledge at 10.30. Um, we will be talking at 11 o'clock about that show, Donna. Oh, Squid Game. Yeah. Number one on Netflix from South Korea. I watched a couple episodes. Rocco watched an episode, so we got that Oh, I can't wait. Coming up at 11, you did a little viewing last night, too. The topic du jour, which is Britney Spears. Yeah, I don't know why I've been just deep diving into this. I watched um, the New York Times documentary Controlling Britney Spears on Monday. Mm-hmm. Then yesterday, Britney versus Spears was released. And, uh, oh, my gosh, I just... There's so much more to the story than I ever thought. What's interesting is yesterday you said, okay, I think I'm kind of over this. I feel like I've had too much information, burnt out on it. But the Britney versus Spears new documentary, you think sort of reignited interest and empathy for her? I think so, yeah. Because first of all, you're getting a different perspective. You're getting to hear from uh, that Sam, uh, what's his name, Lutfi or Lufty? Sam Mm. Lutfi? Uh, who was her manager for a while. You're getting to hear from that uh, photographer, Adnan uh, Ghalib, who became her boyfriend at one point. You're hearing from one of the documentarians uh, who is a journalist for for Rolling Stone, who um, she and her um, business partner started to make this film about Britney Spears before all this stuff started surfacing. But the Rolling Stones writer actually had a part in trying to help her get out of this conservatorship. Um, And she started trying to act as an ally and as a, um, you know, a good Samaritan to help her out. Um, Oh, my gosh. So Britney Spears had attempted to appoint her own lawyer two times uh, before. And once, like I said, was helped by this filmmaker, once the um, when the temporary conservatorship took effect in um, took effect. OK, so that was one time. Okay. Then another time in 2009. 
And they're supposed to give her a five-day notice if this conservatorship is going to take place. And they never did. They had checked on the paperwork uh, because there's leaked documents in this documentary. Mm-hmm. They had checked um, dementia as oh. the reason for the conservatorship. So clearly, having checked that box, which is probably a technicality given choices, she doesn't have the capacity to appoint her own lawyer. Who gets the power to check that box? I get it. If you're dealing with someone who has some level of uh, a mental health emergency or mental instability, or if they technically did have dementia, but it's a, that's a weird messy transfer of power there to even have the right to check the box to then start all of the things that follow up in this really restrictive conservatorship. Yeah, I don't know. I guess her father and the lawyer and then the judge checks off on it. And then they have these people evaluating her. But when you watch this documentary, the feeling I got from it was when you listen to her side of the story, which you hear in bits and pieces from voice messages and um, um, some friends that she's worked with. Um, She's written a letter before that she was asked to have read on the air when uh, Kevin Federline did an interview for one of the tabloids. I don't know if it was People or, or something like that, but he did this interview and she wanted to tell her side of the story like, they keep in mind, remember, we all saw her breakdown sure. and, and yep. chasing the paparazzi. If you saw how many paparazzi mm. would go after her on a day, I'm talking a hundred of them swarming her car when she was taking away in an ambulance. They were hanging on to the back of the ambulance trying to snap pictures inside the window of her being taken away. That would set anybody over the edge. Particularly, yeah, if you're already dealing with something really heavy, and then imagine going through something super crappy, and you have wonderful support around you. It's still super crappy, but luckily you're wonderfully supported. Right. Imagine her. Yeah. Eyes of the world. So she has what we saw as a breakdown, right? Her side of the story is she was forced to divorce Kevin Federline. They, she went to his house one day and he wouldn't see her and the kids. So she was like, he has no interest in us. Her family was like, all right, you need to divorce him because he's going to divorce you. So when all that happens and then he gets custody of the children, he was smoking pot at five o'clock in the morning, according to her story. Like, And then she became painted as the unstable one. Well, clearly when she locks herself in the bathroom with one of her kids... Any mother would have had a a breakdown when nobody's listening to Hmm. what she sees as the reality of the situation, but they're turning it on her. I would have had a breakdown if I had two children and you were trying to get full custody of them and you're the one who's smoking pot at five o'clock in the morning and being the irresponsible parent, but now I'm being painted that way. Of course, you're going to have some kind of mental breakdown. I mean, there's so much to it. I encourage people to go and listen if you're interested in this story because there's so much more to it than than meets the eye. The most important question. Okay. How long is the documentary, Britney Um, versus Spears? An hour and 33 minutes. Oh, no. It's like they made it for us. Yeah, I know. That's what we like about documentaries.
A one-off documentary, they know how to do it with time. Yeah. Well, um, I don't okay. want to give too much more away, but I would say it's it's worth checking out because, like that Sam Lefty guy, he was made out to be a scapegoat. Oh, they made right. him look like a monster. That's and part of the reason why Jamie, I think, had the power to get a conservatorship because she he said, look at these people that are manipulating my daughter mm. who doesn't have the capacity to help herself like Sam Lefty. Right. Because he was like, I don't know anything about the guy other than what they painted, which was just monstrous really so they interview him and he's like here's the deal they're saying i'm chopping up these medications and giving them to her he goes she drug tested 20 times why was she why did she was it never flagged she's never failed a drug test so does he clear his name he says his piece but i don't know if he clears his name but he says when you have Somebody, why would I be drugging the most famous woman in the world at this moment and mm. thinking that I'm going to get away with that? You call the police if you think that's going to happen. The police never knocked on his door. He goes, you call the police, you call the FBI, you don't call TMZ. Mm. And that's what they were doing, creating mm. this narrative mm. around her. And it feels like there's reason to believe him, right? A guy who's just like, look, I'm out of this, and I'm just going to tell it like it is, and then I'm going on my merry way. Yes, Yes, he was like, I don't need this, you know. So there is a lot more to the story than meets the eye. But uh, I would tell you more, but I encourage you to go and see it. we got to take a break uh, when we but, come back. By the way, next week, Dancing with the Stars, it's Britney Spears night. So you can watch that and get all uh, caught up if you have all the feels about Britney. Uh, when we do come back, we have got a thing that will make you go, uh, let's decompress for a moment. Uh, we got a lot more entertainment news coming your way. But when we come back, before there was brunch... Before there was brunch, there was blank, and it had a much worse ring to it. That and other dumb things you don't need to know, but you'll be happy you do. Next, and things that make you go, huh? Hey, good morning. Welcome back. You're listening to Donna and Steve on My Talk, 1071 Everything Entertainment. Producer Dawn McLean hanging with us till 10 o'clock today. Hi. Good morning. morning. And Steve's got fun facts. Things that make you go, huh? You know, I I just like, I like funny words. So before there was brunch, we all like brunch. There was something else that wasn't brunch. They gave it a shot, and then they had to rethink it. What do you think preceded brunch? Same time of day? Same time of day. Okay. I think they called it uh, Lekfest. Lunfest. Lunfest. Or Luckfest. Or Luckfest. (laughs) When people first came up with the concept of brunch in the late 1800s, they called it blunch. (laughs) I love (laughs) it. It didn't have a great ring to it. (laughs) Eventually, people said, what if we did brunch instead of blunch? Isn't it amazing what a difference a letter makes? Yes. And the placement of said letter? For sure. Blunch. Blunch. Mm. Makes you feel bloated, doesn't it? A little bit. What's worse than feeling bloated? I'd rather feel fat than bloated. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I even changed up a protein powder flavor. Thanks for asking. And I noticed that I get... I have more problems with bloat when I have chocolate protein as opposed to when I have vanilla protein. Oh, I wonder why. too bad. Me too. I feel like I gotta go to the butt doctor to have this all checked out. Uh oh. Huh. 
Every elected official in the quote-unquote state of Kentucky has to take an oath that they've never been in a what? A duel. Yes. (gasps) No. Yes. I didn't even peek. That's just the country bumpkin in you coming back, sister. (laughs) Oh, I was thinking like a sword fight. I guess I feel like duels would have happened down south. Isn't that did that happen down south with Aaron Burr and what's his face? Was that Alexander uh, Hamilton? Basically, of shootouts. Ducky Jack. Yeah. Yeah, duels. duels. Yeah, yeah, that was That's like a an old, That was like a yeah. west western thing. Or, I mean, it it can be either. It can be like an English duel where like, you. I was picturing a sword fight. No, I'm picturing, all right there, partner, and then you both take ten steps with your backs turned yes. to each other, and then on the count of three, you turn and shoot each other. Guys, that's how they used to live. So I know we all say everything's getting worse. You don't see a ton of duels anymore. <laughs> that's true. Like, hey, where did Jim and Randy go? Weren't they just having drinks in here? Yeah, they're well, having Jim a duel. Jim is, but Randy isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Randy be gone. Oh, Randy! You know I thought this was good news. I thought that Randy Travis had passed away a number of years ago. Mm-mm. I know. And I know that he is ill. And he, he is. He had a stroke. He had a stroke oh. and has difficulty speaking. But in one of those rare moments, after I, for whatever reason, had in my head that he had passed away, I then saw him on social media mm. and couldn't believe it. Really, really pleased. Oh, that's nice. It's like seeing someone that you thought was dead, guys. Did you go listen to his music then? He's got a beautiful voice. No. Uh-oh. Okay. You know, mangoes can get sunburned. I've never known what a mango looked like until about a year or two ago. I think that's fair. I've only bought it pre-cut at Costco. In Dried. Like a, yeah. A, oh. Well, I bought it in a, like a, a, a fruit um, platter. Oh, nice. And loved it, but never knew where to, how to f- identify it. Yeah, it's not the most common fruit that you see. I don't even think, I'm going to say it, I don't think you can grow mangoes no. in the United States. I don't think so either. It's like a South American mm-hmm. fruit, huh? You know, it's really weird, too. What's up? I have a very close friend who has a mango tattoo, and I never knew that was a mango. Oh, it just looked it like was a ball. Just a long avocado. Or... I didn't know. I just thought some kind of. How long have you been into beach balls? Nightshade. Nightshade. Nice, I don't Donna. Oh, a sweet potato. I don't know. <laughs> By I the am. way, um, Don, Don, you might appreciate this. Donna, you won't because it's The Rock and you're starting to kind of hate The Rock. I love The Rock. The Rock has a whole video right now. He's got a short film coming out. Dawn, your daughter might like it. She's a tattoo artist about the evolution of this. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Bull tattoo that he's got on his arm. Mm-hmm. He is all inked up. And in wrestling, The Rock was called the Brahma Bull. Mm-hmm. And so he's got this bull that's getting f- fixed but you might want to tell her about it. it's this little short film that's coming out about the evolution of this arm art oh, cool. uh the rock scott his latest instagram post is about that oh nice i will smarties smarties candy donna you love it right i love them i love smarties They're i good. love it's what we agree on most in life is our taste in candy yeah we don't care about the chocolate i mean chocolate's good it's but it's no candy no you give me a choice of chuckles a box of nerds or a dove chocolate bar no disrespect to dove i want the nerds i want the chuckles what? yeah what are chuckles i'll Get show them some. to you i'll go there's i have some in the other room we got oh. a box of mini chuckles that a listener sent in okay you would be like the fifth person who said what are chuckles is it an East Coast thing? I don't think so. We have some, in, I think, in the uh, candy machine downstairs. I think. We have chuckles down there? I thought so. Did I imagine that? Wow. What other nostalgic feel-goods are there? Don, Google it. Chuckles. Okay. Yeah, look chuckles. what a chuckle is. Maybe you'll maybe Chuckles you'll candy. It. They kind of um, have the texture of, like, uh, spearmint leaves, orange yes. slices. Yes, queen. Spice drops. Yes, queen. Oh. All great candies. Oh, oh they're the best. Smarties candy was originally made with machines that were actually built to make gunpowder pellets for ammunition during no. World War One. Yeah. What? Yeah, and they were like, "Wait, maybe we could do like a candy that's kind of shaped the same way." Out comes a Smartie. God love them. And then as a kid, didn't you pretend they were drugs? Yeah, like I have to take my medicine. Yeah, my pills. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Oh my gosh. Then you crush a sleeve of Smarties. Ooh, that is definitely East Coast. You put yeah. that down. You pick up one <laughs> of the candy take cigarettes. My drugs. <laughs> Two kinds of candy cigarettes too. The chalky ones. It was like having just an actual piece of chalk, with a little poorly painted on pink at the top, or the bubble gum wrapped in a white wrapper with powdered sugar that you could blow out actual smoke. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. All right. We're back. Donna and Steve on my talk, 107.1, everything entertainment. Woo. Time for TV talk. First and foremost, Curb Your Enthusiasm is coming back on October 24th. Are you guys going to watch it? No, probably not. I, I love I, it. I always wished I liked it a little more. Felt a, a little, and I think Larry David's very funny. And there are scenes that are funny. It felt a little draggy. A little. Well, I think part of the reason you feel out. that way is because they're ad libbing a lot of it. That's exactly right. Yeah, and Doesn't maybe always... if it was a little tighter. Yeah, so the dialogue isn't as tight as it would be, let's say, in Larry David's other famous work, Seinfeld. Where it's meticulously written, rewritten. This is storyboarded, and so you have it's just looser, which often leads to the discovery of a better laugh that you didn't know was out there. But I think sometimes you have to take the long and winding road to get there. I think if you are uh, professionally trained in ad libbing and what do you call it? What improv? You, improv. Like um, Jennifer Coolidge is and like uh, um, Eugene Levy is, I think you have a better chance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think you're right. 
I although you're you are correct. It is you just need to know the style that you're going into. Life is about expectations, right? If you yeah. understand what you're heading into, it's different. Because Eugene Levy, obviously a frequent star in Christopher Guest's movies. Yes. Those two which have improv and just all of this find the words, find the moment. Um that has a that has a certain pace to it as well that is not like a Anchorman, let's say, where they are intentionally trying to write in a joke, or a Kimmy Schmidt, or a Thirty Rock, where it's like two punchlines a minute. We are strategically writing for it. You know, it's just a different pace. I, I didn't expect to talk this long All about right. Curb Your yeah. Enthusiasm. Right. October twenty fourth, uh, HBO. Okay, it's the uh, the eleventh season. I better watch it. I've been paying this darned HBO Max for four months now. Sixty dollars gone. It's fifteen bucks a month. You should just throw it on when you're, like, cooking. Or... I can't. I can't just throw on HBO Max when the kids are awake. Yeah, that's risky. Oh, yeah. So it's a thing that I can only get to oh. after 9 o'clock. Got it. Can you oh, add gosh. HBO to your Hulu account every now and then? Like, I'm going to add Showtime for Dexter? Oh, good question. I um, don't know if that works with Hulu or not. I know it does with Showtime. I don't yeah. know if it does with Hulu. Okay. I don't know. Sorry, we can't help you. Yeah, I'm really sorry, Don. Yeah, Don. But I'm going to keep HBO Max because I'm watching Dune. Dune's coming to HBO Max. That's what makes it worth it. When you get the brand new movies, first run in a theater in your house the same day, and they're not doing the Disney Plus thing, which is pay $30 to watch it. Instead, you get to enjoy it. So maybe that'll keep me in it. I don't know. I I went to go see the original Dune in the theater at Alamo on Monday. Oh! Queen! Bury the lead! Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies because it was one of the only laser discs that we had. (sighs) When I was growing up, we had um, three laser discs, and that was one of them. So I watched it all, you know, repeatedly. It's David Lynch. Can I say something? Super weird. Yep. I do not... I have heard that phrase... I do not know. I don't think I know what a laser disc is. Is that Blu-ray? No. No, I think that predated. Donna, you don't know what a laser VHS, disc is. VHS, maybe. I, we listen. We didn't have a dryer in our house. Oh. We didn't have a microwave. Okay. We didn't have a dishwasher. We're definitely not going to be laser disc people. Okay, so it was before, <laughs> it was before uh, VHS came about where you could tape things and off the TV and everything, which was oh. just like a huge big deal. Laser discs were, it was like, came in like a big record and you would put that in the machine oh. and then it would play the movie, but it was encased inside this big hard case record really? thing. Oh. Oh. Yeah, and we would go rent them at the video store. Like, they had laser discs. That was the first thing at video stores. And we had Jane Fonda's workout, which my parents did together every morning. Oh, how cute. And then Tron and Dune. Oh, my gosh. I'm looking up the images for it. So it was like a gigantic DVD. Exactly. It's like a, it's just record size inside there, but you don't take that out. That is, it's like you put the oh, thing I in see. and it just... I see. Sucks it in there. Oh, huh. it's huge. No kidding. Okay, I don't think I've ever seen one of these. This oh. is cool. It's funny. So I haven't seen it because of when I came up. Donna hasn't seen it because of how she came up. Right. And I guess we can all have these blind spots. Well, listen, Donna, are you going to watch the new Dune? I'm so excited. October Great. 22nd. Can I ask what this movie's about? Don't Ooh. say too much, though. It's based on a series of books by Frank Herbert. 
And it's a sci-fi movie. It kind of has, <laughs> it has sort of the same kind of a Star Wars feel that there's this chosen one, mm-hmm. this this boy that will be chosen to lead um, a group of people. Great. Um, it involves mining something called the spice, which allows people to travel through space without moving, and also to use their mind power to do certain things. So it's kind of like the Force. Yes. Oh. Is it a little edgier though? Um, is it more like a like a, if Star Wars yes, were PG? Yes. This is a little more PG thirteen. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um, what if I can watch it with my little? It's a scarier. I would say there's okay. some some characters in there that are like, oh gosh, you know, ugh, the bad guys are really repulsive and. Uh, yeah, so anyway, I, I definitely wouldn't, your kids would be confused, and most people are confused when they watch it because David Lynch had a hard time bringing it all together and has denounced his name from the movie. Oh, actually. wow. Oh. Wow. That's great. Okay, I Donna, have... you have a question? I do, thank you. Um, first time, long time. Mm-hmm. I am wondering, the Force... In oh, Star Wars. <laughs> okay. 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 Just if you were to give it some kind of relative context, would you say the Force is like the Holy Spirit? You know, I've heard I'll some people. Thank you so much. And thanks for the call. Um, I have heard some people who, you know, try to find deeper meaning in art talk about it that way that there are some some sort of parallels in terms of like what what Christians would believe they can sort of tap into is the spirit there there is there's some of that um so sure question mark does that satisfy you caller oh she's back on hi oh hey um yeah i think i'm gonna do a little more research on my own and i'll call back tomorrow yeah and i would definitely uh one last thing caller tell you like um if you if you have any questions about faith, I would probably point you in a different direction than Star Wars: A New Hope. Um, that's maybe a fun connecting point later on down the line. Of oh, there's kind of some similarities there. Like maybe symbolically, Yoda, Yoda is he's the wise one, right? He is uh, the wise one. Maybe he's our Moses, or okay. I don't know. Unless you're we go New Testament, biblical on the on Star Wars. I don't know why it just clicked into my mind when. Well, that's because you're using Dune. the force. That's what the force would I'm do. Using yeah. The force. yeah, you're yeah. in the force. You we're have all in inside of you, which is part of the force. Those Ooh. are tiny beings that were started at the beginning of the universe, and they live within people that can use the force. You are so beings. much Nerdy. nerdier than we often <laughs> oh, no. give you credit for. Oh, no, I give her credit. <laughs> I mean, I, my dad was really into sci fi stuff. <laughs> my brother know, was. And too. computer programming in the 80s, which was funny. Okay. Oh, well, with that, I have something that I think they might like. Did you hear yesterday? Amazon had a product event and they announced its first home robot. Yeah. A little please. fella named Astro. Um, I, I see it described here in the Morning Brew newsletter, which I subscribe to. Kind of like a Kindle glued to a traveling toaster oven. That's kind of what it looks like, or an iPad on top of this traveling toaster oven. It's 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 interesting. Uh, what it can do, it could keep an eye on your pets, could keep an eye on children, would-be home invaders, tops out at speeds of two miles an hour. Users will be able to set boundary limits on which rooms Astro, the Amazon home robot, can enter, 
and even make it beatbox. So it just does some silly stuff, too. It's basically a very slow guard dog is how they describe it. Can't use the stairs. It also has a cup holder. It is available for $999 for day one purchasers. It will then cost $1,499 once it is widely released. A few other robot things that Amazon announced. The Always Home Cam. It's a security drone that will fly around your home when you aren't there. Oh, my God. And uh, it will have a will-they-won't-they they thing with Astro. Maybe they, maybe there's like a little romance there, you know? While the, robot, while the parents are gone, do the robots, what happens? Do you think the robots turn in the dog if he's, like, getting into the garbage? Like, do they get a beep, beep, beep on their phone that goes, warning, warning, Ooh, Fido's in garbage? May, yes. That's... Possibly. The only problem is, is that you have a multi-level home and it can't go up and downstairs. Damn it. We've got to keep the dog on the first floor. How about this? They have the Halo View, which is like a fitness band, kind of like a Fitbit. So Amazon's offering their own now. Hey, Disney. That's a Disney-themed voice assistant, which can work alongside Alexa. Um, There's another thing called Alexa Together, Amazon announced yesterday. It's a subscription service aimed at helping users care for elderly loved ones and so that's a cool thought that's really great um also a 60 dollars smart thermostat to take on google's nest and a 60 dollars smart thermostat would be less expensive Mm. than google's nest i do want to tell you all this coming out of that robot news i don't know if it's by happenstance or what but i was on twitter this morning let me see if it's still trending and this was this was not like some Kentucky preacher who was warning about this. It was a, uh, a, a Silicon Valley bigwig who said regarding the advance or advance of uh, artificial intelligence, he said, we are becoming God and we are eventually going to create our own worst enemy here. The, he says the reality is we are creating God. Uh, this is on the Times. They did an interview with a Silicon Valley super geek who believes we face, hear me now, an apocalyptic threat from AI, which is what I've been calling forever. Every time they show us one of these robots at MIT that now runs and can jump oh over gosh, hurdles. And they can do dances. It's and so everyone crazy. sits back and says, oh, this is amazing. That is a sign of things to come. If a robot wants to burst into your house someday, it's getting into your house. I don't care about your ring doorbell. Okay, see that? They're going to take over the world. I'm yes, just really yes. Scared. Nice. All right, yes. Okay. Let's take a break. Oh, please. Uh, when we come back, we got a couple of things that make you go, huh? Uh, let's see. What is sh- throwing shade for 200? No. The latest Mm-mm. Jeopardy no. drama. No. Am I? What? No. You have, if you see something, say something. What did I say it was? You said things that make you go, huh? <laughs> That's not it. It can't be it. What time is it? What day is it? I don't know. It's all a blur. See something. Say something. Uh, The latest shade thrown from Jeopardy James and what Jeopardy themselves had to say about his quote-unquote mean tweet about the current champion. And boy, I was all pumped to watch the new show La Brea on NBC. I've been seeing promos for it. I was real pumped. And then I opened one link this morning and suddenly got unpumped. I'll tell you about that. And if you see something, say something yeah. next on My Talk. You're listening to the Donna and Steve Show right here on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. So glad to have you guys listening. Thank you. Thank you. <sighs> we highly encourage you that if you see something, you should say something. So that's what we're going to do right now. Hey, if you see something, say something. Oh, that is catchy, huh? If you, if you see something, then you should say something. 
Time for If You See Something, Say Something with Donna and Steve. If you see something, say something. Come on and party tonight. Do you remember one of the most satisfyingly boring shows of all time was Jeopardy? It's just you turn it on, you get Alex Trebek, you get some trivia questions that you really don't know the answer to. Maybe you get three or four by the end of it. And you feel good about having watched it. Well, now... Jeopardy is in this new phase of its journey. It almost feels like it's gone back to its adolescence. There's all sorts of drama. Who's going to be the host? Mike Richards gets hired. He's the executive producer. People think it's sort of nepotism. Then he gets let go because of some sort of scummy things that came up on a podcast that he said, mistreatment of people backstage, a sexual harassment allegation from The Price is Right, all this stuff. So then he's out, and they don't know what to do. They're still searching for a host. They still haven't an announced one. We do know that Mayan Bialik will continue to do shows this fall, and Ken Jennings will uh, begin popping up in November. That's the plan for the rest of 2021. So they're just trying to avoid headlines. If you've been on Twitter in the last week, though, and if you happen to follow Jeopardy! James, James Holzhauer, who I loved watching because he was just such an odd bird, and he bet so aggressively. He went on a tear two summers ago, and he would just always go all in. He was a Las Vegas gambler. He did a lot of sports book betting. And so when it came time for a daily double, Jeopardy James would just say, I'm all in. His streak in terms of consecutive games won paled in comparison to Ken Jennings. But his winnings were incredible. The amount that he was winning, he set multiple single-day winnings records. That's the context for the latest beef. James Holzhauer, Jeopardy James, continues to throw shade at Matt Amodio, who is our current champion. I think that they're dark right now. I think that they're doing some reruns because the latest update I can get on Matt Amodio is he has now uh, crossed the $1 million mark. That was as of five days ago. But Jeopardy James, threw, he put up, did you see the tweet? Now, this the tweet originated about a week ago. Yeah. Jeopardy James throws up a tweet, and it's Jeopardy James on one side, and it's Matt Amodio, current champion, on the other side. Right. And they have the graphics on screen, the Jeopardy graphics, and it says 23 day, and it has the total. So James Holzhauer says, when you order something online versus when it arrives. Hmm. And the point of that is the Jeopardy James 23 day total was 1.78 million. Matt Amodio's 23 day total, 825,000. So then. Twitter starts to react a little bit, like, whoa, James, that's kind of cold. Like, we get it. You know a lot of trivia, but you don't have to rub it in here. 23 games is still an impressive feat. You don't need to throw shade. James Holzhauer also threw shade at Mike Richards after the short-lived host Mike Richards uh, got booted. That was a little more aggressive. At least this one seems a little more potentially playful. Potentially. And, you know, Jeopardy James, you're right. He would throw some shade at um, when they were doing the night of the Tournament of Champions thing with the greatest of all time. It was Jeopardy James. It was Brad Rutledge and Ken Jennings. Mm -hmm. He was talking a little trash to Brad, who did the worst of the three of them, right there on set, too. And there were a couple moments where he would deliver something, and then it was like, oh, dude, you kind of didn't need to... Is that, say that is it because he's like into sports betting and you know talking trash and mm, i don't maybe. know into sports maybe yeah maybe it's a little bit of like the culture of where he competed yeah and and you know if you don't really know somebody personally 
you don't get if they're messing with you or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Well, anyway, Madame Odio gets involved because uh, one of the things that he said was he retweeted James's tweet and then said, must be nice having time to throw shade on Twitter. Us hashtag Jeopardy champions with zero career losses have actual work to do. Uh oh. <laughs> Madame Odio clapped back. Oh no. He also clapped back again. Madame Odio did to James Holzhauer. Remember, Holzhauer's picture is on the left. Madame Odio is on the right side of the screen. Mm-hmm. And Madame Odio said, I thought these memes were supposed to have the more attractive person on the left. <laughs> God, so now funny. he's funny. just making fun of him. Yeah. And then Jeopardy, the actual Jeopardy official Twitter, jumps in and says, this is how you know you've made it, Madame Odio, is that former champions oh, start talking trash on you. Clever. I don't know where things go from here, but the fact that Madame Odio said, you know, the us Jeopardy champions, by the way, it's, and I hate to do this to a Jeopardy champ, but it would be we Jeopardy champions with zero career losses, have actual work to do. He put us, Jeopardy oh, champions. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Oh, no, it's yeah, not. Not if, you're, not if you're a, <laughs> a Jeopardy, 23-time Jeopardy champion. Police. That's basic yes. grammar. Come on, let's pull that guy over. Can't just run around uh, saying on. that kind of garbage. What did we do with the grammar police? Simon? You, sir! Stop huh. right there in the name of grammar and language. I don't think we have it anymore. Sometimes things disappear. I know, like people accidentally move stuff they, on us. Mm, yeah. Oh, it's a bummer. Whoop, whoop. It's a grammar police. Anyway, James Holzhauer ended up going 32 games. So now we'll have to wait to see if he beats James's record and if he ends up beating Ken Jennings. But it feels like he's going to be around for a while if he's bragging with incorrect grammar saying us jeopardy champions with zero career losses have actual work to do can i ask a question yeah sure and uh, you know i know hipaa and all that but i I know that there was some uh speculation of whether or not james holzhauer was on the autism spectrum um i don't know if that was ever confirmed or not so does it make it makes me wonder a little bit if, you know, he's just saying what he feels in the moment and tweeting it out and maybe. I don't know. You know I can't speak to that. Yeah. I just I just don't know. Okay. Now I move to a show that I was excited about called La Brea. Have you seen promos for La Brea? No. no, but is that a street in L.A.? It is. Oh, and it is what they believe is home to like an archaeological dig at one point, as far as I understand. If oh, I'm remembering, oh, the there's La Brea this... the Tar Pits. The That's Tar Pits. I remember, yes. So oh. there's this new show about the La Brea Tar Pits where they've dug up some ancient bones before. Yeah. About the, it, it basically turning into a sinkhole on this show Everybody just vanishes that was on this sinkhole, and now they find themselves in this other land. Oh my gosh, I would love a show like that. Me too. It's then like the I, Land of the Lost. Uh, then I went on uh, Rotten Tomatoes and saw things like, this series is so wretchedly bad. Uh-oh. It is gripping in its awfulness. High on concept, low on planning. Just dawdling ar- along toward nowhere in particular. Mm. There's very little in the premiere that suggests it's a world worth watching. So now I feel bummed. Right, well, watch it anyway. I don't Give know. Give it two. 
Give it two episodes. Two episodes. All right. Do it. All are, right. they, are they half hours? Uh, they're an hour. Oh, forget oh, it. Boy. All right. Bye, Dawn. <laughs> bye. Uh, Rocco's coming in next with a dirt alert, and then we've got some music news to share.